0: I started noticing that I was really tensing up my jaw and holding that tension in my jaw. And then I started trying to purposely try to relax my jaw. And as I did that, I started to notice I felt less tension there and I was getting less headaches. And then as I realized I was doing that, then I would know when I got into stressful situations, I became really aware of the fact that I would tense up my jaw. So I would automatically like take a breath and try to relax those muscles. And I saw a major difference in the number of headaches that I was getting.
1: me. Welcome to Mindful Conversations with Kay. I'm Christy. And I'm Kelly. We are both moms, educators, kidding around yoga teachers and trainers and now podcasters in this podcast we will talk about using research-based
0: tools and strategies to help increase mindfulness self-awareness connection self-regulation and peace in your home or classroom join us weekly for some fun and insightful conversations where we will take a deep dive into all things kids yoga and mindfulness
1: The Mindful Conversations with K team had so much fun interviewing Mark Brown, critically acclaimed author of the Zen Pig series. We wanted to keep the party going with a book giveaway. This is your chance to win four, yes, four Zen Pig books, each one teaching children mindfulness, gratitude, and compassion through simple rhymes and charming artwork. All you have to do to enter this contest is to review the podcast on your favorite platform, Take a screenshot and email it to me, christy, at kiddingaroundyoga.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-I at kiddingaroundyoga.com. Send that to me and you will be entered into this contest and we will announce winners at the beginning of November. Good luck. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Mindful Conversations with Kay. Kelly, hello. Hello, Christy. Hi, everybody. Excited to be back today. Yeah, we're um, taking a look for these next few episodes at uh, the castle framework. So, for those who are not familiar with what that what that is, Kelly, you want to take a take a quick uh, yeah definition break. So, the castle <laughs> framework is uh, a framework that a lot of schools use
0: as a. Um, a foundation of applying evidence-based social-emotional learning strategies for their school. So, and and this framework, uh, it, it involves five basic standards. Right? They call it the the castle wheel, really. Yeah. Um, and those five um, standards make up this framework. And then we're gonna. So we're gonna over the next couple of weeks, we're gonna go one by one and focus on each different wheel, uh, each different spoke of that wheel. Yep. So we're going to start this week with the one that we feel is really the foundation for all of them. And that is self-awareness. We're going to kind of dive into what that means and what that, you know, what the goal of that spoke is in a cat in the framework. And then also how yoga and mindfulness apply to that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so if we look at self-awareness and we can kind of take a definition that that essentially self-awareness is the ability to tune in and just be aware of our own thoughts, emotions and actions and uh, how our behavior affects others. Um, So it's it's really kind of, uh, it's something that is not just inherent. I think it's something that has to be kind of learned, you know? So there's a, there's a lot of things we can do to kind of help, um, you know, help our children become more self-aware.
0: Definitely. Yeah. It seems simple. Like we, it should just be natural that we're aware of our own beings and our own feelings and emotions and our own actions, but we do a lot of things out of habit and out of just like automatic, patterns that our body gets into. I mean, we have these automatic thought patterns that constantly repeat. We have just behaviors that we don't even realize we're doing. Like take, take for instance, like nail biting, right? Mm. Anybody who's a nail biter out there knows that you don't even realize you're doing it. You know, it's, it's one of your probably stress responses, um, to, to bite your nails when you're feeling anxious or overwhelmed or stressed. And it's something that you just do automatically. I even remember my, my daughter was a skin picker when she was feeling really, really anxious and yeah, she was, she would pick like at her mosquito bites and she didn't even realize. And then she, all of a sudden she'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm bleeding. It was just like an, a behavior pattern that, you know, until she became aware of it and we really had to really work on it to get her to realize and be aware that she was doing it. So she could switch to something else. We gave her, you know, like some fidgets to, to play with sure. Yeah. You can replace that, that behavior. So it's not something that naturally occurs. It is something that it's a skill that we have to work on.
1: You bet. What what about like thumb sucking? Would that be, you know, that's kind of like an automatic thing too. My, Mm -hmm. my son, my, my youngest was not a thumb sucker or anything. My oldest, he, he had, it was like his, his index finger and his middle finger. Those were his two fingers. Or no, maybe it was his ring finger. It was his ring finger and his middle finger. Those were the two fingers that he would put in his mouth. And it was just this automatic, like, you know, kind of this little security thing that he, that he would do.
0: Yeah. I knew, I knew a little girl who would uh, pull at her eyebrows when she was stressed. Yeah. Yeah. So there's all these like different, you know, behaviors that we don't even realize, I mean, and as adults, we, gosh, we have tons of different oh. behaviors that we, that are unhealthy and absolutely, yeah, yeah, teaching kids and adults, self-awareness really helps to then allow us to pause for a second and choose a better, healthier option that is going to make life better for us. So. Yeah. It's
1: just that slowing down. Like, oh. like we've said, we say a number of times. On here, hitting the pause button, right? You slow down and just create that space between receiving information, processing that information, and then reacting to it. And kind of you, you, it just gives you the ability to check in with yourself um, uh, before kind of reacting or responding.
0: Yeah. So let's go through like a couple examples of what it might look like and the difference of somebody who might be self-aware and somebody who might not be. So. I'll just use myself as an example first, before I really started my mindfulness practice, I had been getting tension and migraine headaches since I was really, they started like when I was a tween, like when I was like 11 or 12 years old is when I really started getting headaches. And I'm talking weekly, if not more uh, headaches, bad ones. Um, And when I started my mindfulness practices, I started to tune into my body when I started doing yoga. And uh, my teachers were calling attention to, oh, where do you feel tension right now? As I'm, as they're doing body scans, and I'm going through this, you know, practice of checking in with myself. I started noticing that I was really tensing up my jaw and holding that tension in my jaw. And then I started trying to purposely try to relax my jaw. And as I did that, I started to notice I felt less tension there. And I was getting less headaches. And then as I realized I was doing that, then I would know when I got into stressful situations, I became really aware of the fact that I would tense up my jaw. So I would automatically like take a breath and try to relax those muscles. And I saw a major difference in the number of headaches that I was getting like I way less than I, than I had been getting. And I've been getting them for like 20 some years And really, it just took me being aware that I was clenching my jaw. Yeah. You know, it seems so simple, like, but all those years suffering from headaches, just because I didn't realize that that was my, my go-to stress
1: response. Right. And if we, if we think about kids and, and, you know, a child who is self-aware or versus not self-aware. So if you think about a, a child, um, let's just say a child is, is playing with a game And, and they want to have a friend join them. So they ask a friend to join them to play the game. Well, the friend says no, because they're sitting there coloring with somebody else. So a child who is not self-aware might respond by getting really mad and maybe, you know, throwing the game or, or, you know, or, or, or crying or or having some sort of an emotional, you know, strong emotional reaction to that versus if, if a child is more self-aware, they're able to pause and they're able to look at the situation and say, okay, my friend is coloring with somebody else. So I'm going to go ask a different person. So that's kind of a, a I guess, a, an example of, of self-aware versus not self-aware. So. Yeah,
0: that's perfect. Yeah. Because um, again, it's about that, about being able to recognize like oh i'm disappointed my friend said no to me but oh let me look why why did my friend say no you know not because they didn't want to play with me or they don't like me which the the ch- the child who might not be that self aware might automatically assume oh they don't like me i don't have any friends and then we start with that negative self talk and then that escalates right. the situation, causing the behaviors like the yelling or the crying or the throwing sure. and all of that. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And if we look at, um, if we look at the practice of yoga, it is the ultimate practice in self-awareness.
0: Absolutely. If
1: you think about the, the
0: yogic texts, it's yoga is journey of the self through the self to the self. I mean, that just says it all right there. Yeah. Um, You know, it's really, it really, the base of it is about self inquiry and understanding ourselves and our ego, and then kind of coming to our purpose
1: and, you know, where, where we fit in, in that bigger picture. Absolutely. So how this might, you know, if we look at how, you know, what this means in, let's just say a kid's yoga class or Yoga poses or whatever it is. Um, So when you think about putting your body into a particular pose, right? It's it's really the perfect way to improve on this, on this physical literacy, this, this body awareness, right. When you, when you are in a, you know, how do I respond when I'm in a pose that requires me to balance, you know, what is my immediate reaction to a challenging posture? You know, that's a, it's a, it's a perfect way to improve that, that body awareness, that, that physical literacy. Yeah.
0: Because when you think about self-awareness, I kind of like compartmentalize it between body awareness. Yeah. Emotional awareness and like mental awareness, right? Or, you know, Mm -hmm. of our of our thoughts. So this first basic of body awareness is like just taking in the physical body. I mean, and and for anybody who didn't listen to last week's episode of um or two weeks ago of somatic uh work. And that's really with the physical body. Go back and listen to that because we really dive deep into the physical physical body and how that kind of connects to to the mind body and all of that but yeah this body awareness just doing yoga poses and calling their attention to what it feels like to stretch out their fingers or when they're in downward dog what it feels like to press against the mat or you know different um different poses when they're in child's pose what what it feels like for their body and what feels good and how some poses feel good for some kids and not for others and and different things like that it it's just bringing their awareness to it. Just like I said when when my teacher was guiding us through different paying attention to different muscles, you start to realize and pay attention to your physical body, which a lot of times we don't
1: oh, right right oh yeah. exactly. yeah. well, and and you know, also when we think about our our kids' classes, you know, we do a lot with just mindfulness practices. Mindfulness, being in the present moment, it's the perfect way to, improve, you know, on this concept of, of being, becoming self-aware. You know, we, we play, we played certain games. In fact, I was thinking about it, uh, you know, the last night I tell you yesterday afternoon, I taught a a kid's yoga class. And one of the games that we played in that yoga class was, was yoga four corners, (laughs) And you might be aware of what the four corners game is, but essentially you've got a person in the middle who's closing their eyes, and they they count down from ten, and then everybody sort of sneaks around to one of the four corners of the room, and then then the person in the middle, without opening their eyes, they try they listen very carefully, and they try and hear where the noise is coming from, and whatever corner they hear the most noise. That's the corner that they call. And then anybody who's in that corner is out and they come in the middle. Well, in, in yoga four corners, it's the exact same thing. We just go to a corner and do a yoga pose. So really that particular game, the kids are having to move very quietly because they don't want the person in the middle to be able to hear them. So they're paying attention to how am I moving? How, you know, where am I placing my feet? You know, how am I moving so that I don't make any noise? You know, so they're really focused in that present moment on, you know, being as quiet as they can. And, uh, And then the person in the middle too, is it's a practice. In, in being in that present moment and paying very close attention to their senses and you know what they hear and everything else and and so that that game right there I mean it's a, it's a great mindfulness game yeah. right and really yes uh, practice and self-awareness
0: a perfect one I, I think about it too I I used to play this a lot this one class in particular loved this game uh that I that I taught last year and I always remember it was funny because I was like remind them that they're trying to be quiet as they, as they get to the corner yeah. and they, but they have had like a different technique. They would be real loud going towards one corner and then they'd get quiet to go to the yeah. corner that, that they finally ended up. In. And, and it was interesting to me, like, but it was really, they were really being aware of the pressure that they were putting on their feet, how loud their steps were. Sure. And then just like, they get silly and they're like trying not to giggle and they're trying to be, you know, not to talk to each other. So it really is a, a great practice in self-awareness and how you're, how you're, you're moving your body and how quiet you're, you're being. The other one that I thought of was I spy a yogi. And in that game, oh. we all get into a big circle. And again, a person goes in the middle, goes into child's pose, closes their eyes, and then we pick a leader. And that leader is in charge of changing the yoga poses as, um, and, and everyone else has to follow. So when we start changing yoga poses, the person in the middle, who's the spy has to get up and walk around the circle and try and figure out who the leader is. So the leader has to be really self-aware because they have to change the pose when the spy is not looking at them. So they have to really pay attention. Everybody else is trying to look at the leader, but not too much so that the person doesn't know who they're looking at. So it's like, they have to really pay attention to where their eyes are looking and it's, it's another really fun game that they really have to focus in and pay attention to what they're doing.
1: Absolutely. Oh yeah. And the kids love that game. That's, that's a game we play over and over and over in our classes. (laughs) Um, You know, the other thing that, that we've done, um, that's a really excellent practice uh, is, is like a mindful listening where you, and I think, I don't know, call it name three or something like that, where you sit and you listen and, and you instruct the kids to, to, to stay quiet and, and see what they can hear, like the furthest away sound that they can hear. Right. So, so whatever that is. And then after, you know, everybody kind of shares what it is. And then the next thing they want to listen to is something that's maybe in the room somewhere that, that they're in. So, so a different sound that's a little bit closer. And then the third thing they listen for is within, like, can you hear your own heartbeat? Can you hear like, you know, when, when the blood rushes, it's like, whoosh whoosh. you know, when, when your blood's, you know, when your heart's beating like that, you know, so what can you hear inside of you? Can you hear your stomach gurgling? Can you, you know, so it's really gives them a, a great, opportunity to practice um, just being there in that present moment and and practicing those those senses
0: and I love that game too because it also sparks a conversation because so many kids hear different things
1: Mm. and then
0: once you say like oh I heard cars going outside they're like somebody else might say oh I didn't hear that I heard somebody talking out on the sidewalk I didn't notice the car I noticed the person talking and then you know you can talk about like that difference of everybody hears and sees different things and different focuses. So it sparks it sparks a good conversation among the kids too.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So some other, you know, ways that we can really work with the kids to practice, you know, this, this concept of self-awareness, um, I think journaling, you know, just journaling about, and you can, you can give students uh, or, or your children, uh, you know, prompts for their journal, just something as simple as how do you feel right now, right? Or how does some particular thing make you feel, you know, just some sort of a, a, a prompt to get them started. And then just writing these things down, they can start becoming aware of, of, you know, what makes them feel good, you know, what makes them feel, you know, not so good and this sort of thing.
0: Yeah. And then another one might be like, what are you curious and want to learn about? Mm. And that it, that
1: can start to
0: bring up the idea of two things about um, our strengths and our weaknesses and what, what maybe we're, we haven't learned yet might be a weakness, but we're curious and we want to learn more about that. It kind of brings up that growth mindset Absolutely. idea as well.
1: Yeah big part of, big part of self-awareness is just having that, you know, having that growth mindset, knowing what your, what your strengths are, and then those things that you need to work on. And then, uh, you know, just, just being aware of those things. Yeah. I like, uh, I like that idea of, of journaling, you know, something that you're curious about, something that you really would love to, would love to learn about. I think that's, I think that's a a great one. Yeah.
0: And then we move to meditation Mm -hmm. and meditation brings us to that mental awareness yeah. right we've talked about the the body awareness the physical awareness now we're coming to the the mental awareness of our thought patterns right we talked about yeah. in the beginning we have so many automatic thought patterns that we don't even realize that we have that self-talk and a lot of times that self-talk can be negative and yeah. when we use meditation We, a lot of people think that we're, we're trying to do meditation. We're trying to get rid of all of our thoughts. Right. And we're trying to have a completely quiet mind. That's not really accessible to most people. Right. (laughs) Um, The, the magic for me in my meditation is allowing me to be aware of those thoughts that come up and then deciding, do I want to keep, do I want to hang on to that thought or do I want to let that go? And do I want to replace it with something more positive, maybe a mantra or an affirmation, but that awareness, just like the same awareness of the physical, where I was tightening my jaw, but that awareness of me telling myself, whatever, I don't know, I'm not good enough or whatever it is. Do I want to, is that serving me? And if it's not, then having that practice of like, I'm going to let that thought go. And I'm going to be replacing it with something that is more positive.
1: Right. And that's a really important skill to teach our kids. Yeah. Yeah. And when you think of like thoughts that are not helpful, not serving you, I, I actually had the experience recently where I was, I, I don't even remember what it was I was doing, but I made a mistake or something. And I'm just like, Oh, I'm such an idiot, you know? And, and that it was just like this automatic thing. And, and you know, I think about that reaction and I think I don't, I wouldn't want my children to say that about themselves. Like, no, you're not, you're not an idiot. You're just, you know, that was just something that, you know, whatever I it's so, so I think becoming aware of how we speak to ourselves and setting, setting that example for our children wow. of how we, how we talk to ourselves um, is, is just, is, is so important because they hear that. They pick up on that. And then, you know, down the road, you're going to hear them repeating that exact same thing. I'm an idiot. You know? <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. I know we don't realize. I I just actually had a similar experience. We've been, I've mentioned it before, we've been in construction in my house. We're we're remodeling. And so things are kind of all over the place. And we're kind of at a really disorganized state because we've been in this process for over a year and a half now. So it's been a long, long journey. <laughs> and you know, we're constantly feeling disorganized and we must be verbalizing that my husband and I, because I went to my daughters, my eight-year-olds back to school night, and they had to write a little letter to us. And in her letter, she said something like, um you know, look at my desk. Like I cleaned it up. It's really hard to stay organized. <laughs> oh my goodness. And <laughs> Yeah. I was like, wow, we must be saying that a lot because she's eight. What is she thinking about being organized? Like, (laughs) you know, so we don't realize what we're, we're modeling. They're, they're listening to everything.
1: (laughs) They are a hundred percent listening to everything we say. Yeah. So set a good example with your own self-talk for your kids. That is uh, is key. key. I am loving this conversation right now, but let's take a brief break for a word from our sponsor. Would you like to bring a yoga and mindfulness curriculum to your school? At Kidding Around Yoga, we have several professional development workshops ranging from 90 minutes to six hours, and we can customize a program to meet your needs. In our professional development workshops, we teach educators how to implement yoga, meditation, and mindfulness into the academic setting in a fun and engaging way. If you would like to create a classroom where everyone, including you as the teacher, feels regulated, connected, and peaceful, give us a call at 800 563 8050. That's 800 563 8050. Or email us at, kiddingaroundyogaforschools at yoga, four, schools at gmail.com. That's kiddingaroundyoga, the number four, schoolsgmail.com.
0: So now the next level, we did body awareness, mental awareness, move into our emotional awareness, or being able to identify our emotions. And that's another something that we can always model for our kids. And we also talked a lot last episode, or not two episodes, again, that same somatic um, work episode We talked about different activities that you could do to help kids to be able to recognize their emotions, like acting out their emotions, how, what their body might look like when they're feeling angry and using um, music. So go back and listen to that episode, yeah, using interpretive dance, but go back and listen to that episode. We talk about a couple different ways that you can talk kids through that identifying their emotions. Um, But really just like the dialogue is um, and and recognizing it for them in the beginning until they start to learn that, like if they're struggling with something like, oh, it looks like you're really frustrated right now, Mm -hmm. you know, and just verbalizing what that emotion is. And then like doing it for ourselves, too, like, you know, all the time, like if you're absolutely yeah you know, having a, a rough moment, like saying that out loud to your kids, like, oh, I'm just really feeling overwhelmed right now, you know, or I'm feeling stressed.
1: And and you, and you I know, I know you probably did this too. And I, I did this, you know, when my kids were real little, if I was getting frustrated and I would just say, mommy needs a minute, <laughs> mom, I am, mommy feels very frustrated right now. So I'm going to step out of the room and I'm going to take a minute, you know, so just being able to model that for them, uh, you know, so they can, so they can see, you know, how, how, how do we manage that when we have these big, these big, big feelings?
0: Yeah, a lot. Cause a lot of times, you know, kids don't realize that that connection of what's going on in their body. They don't connect it to a feeling, you know, we're, we're still going through this with, with school, with my daughter, you know, she gets stomach aches every single morning. And I'm really trying to really connect that for her. Like, you're not, you know, you're not going to get sick you know, you're feeling nervous nervous. right now and that's okay. And, and she's finally coming around. Like she said, uh, the counselor called the other day just to check in with me. And she said, you know, she said to me that, you know, her stomach hurts every day in the car, but she knows now that when she gets to her classroom, it goes away. So she's just starting to recognize and make that connection. Like, okay, I feel nervous. That's why my stomach hurts. As soon as I get in, in the classroom, it goes away. And so that's so helpful for them to be able to m- connect those dots and realize that when they can identify that emotion, it becomes so much less overwhelming, you know, mm-hmm. as opposed to her thinking, oh my goodness, I have a stomach ache. I'm going to get sick at school. And this whole big spiral happens. Right.
1: And, you know, we we kind of mentioned this earlier, but part of this whole self-awareness thing is, is, you know, recognizing strengths and weaknesses. Mm -hmm. And if I think about like kind of circling back to, to a yoga class or doing yoga poses, um, what a great way to kind of start understanding, like when you, when you're asking a kid to do, you know, to do a warrior pose or chair pose or something like that. And, you know, it really helping them see, like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm really strong in this pose. This is something that I'm that that you know is really, uh, you know, really easy for me. Or maybe maybe it's challenging. You know, you can say, oh, this one's challenging, or balance poses are kind of challenging for me. Or you know, sometimes in our classes we teach, you know, we teach the kids something like an arm balance, like you know, like crow pose or a side plank or something like that. And so you can help the kids, you know, really see this is this is something I'm really really good at, or I'm I'm really strong in this pose.
0: Yeah. Or if, if it is challenging in the beginning, as they continue the practice, right. And we can give them that mantra that they can do hard things. And Mm -hmm. then slowly they begin to come around and they get stronger in that pose. Whereas maybe in that crow pose, they can only pick up one toe in the beginning and, and that's it. And then as they keep practicing it week after week, then they begin to be able to, to do the full expression of that pose. And it's so beautiful to see that come come around and for them to realize that there's their strength and and keeping at it
1: yeah and that and that's that that growth mindset like mm-hmm. like crow pose is something i sure would like to learn how to do pro pose you know and so so i'm going to keep working at that you know there's that that growth mindset piece you know giving them something that they can work that they can work towards some of these challenging poses you know so yeah yeah Yeah, good stuff. Well, self awareness. This is kind of the uh, the the jumping off point for this for this framework. So we're going to explore uh, some of these other spokes of the wheel uh, as it were uh, in the next few weeks here. So um, definitely stay tuned and we'll dive deeper into some of these other parts of the castle uh, wheel.
0: Yeah, awesome. It was great chatting with you again, Christine. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. And we'll be back next week. Bye, everybody. Thank you for joining us for this conversation. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to subscribe and give us a written review to help us reach others and share all the benefits of kids yoga and mindfulness.
1: If you want more information on all that Kidding Around Yoga has to offer, you can find us at KiddingAroundYoga.com and on Facebook and Instagram at KiddingAroundYoga. We will meet you back here next week for another fun conversation with Christy and Kelly.